الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره نعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صل على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم في العالمين انك حميد مجيد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we praise him and we ask his help and we seek his forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil inside us and from the evil consequences of our bad actions whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides no one can escape whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leads to go astray no one can guide I testify that the reason we got to be worshiped by Allah and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is our master the messenger of Allah Brothers and sisters, I'm sure some of you are wondering why I'm wearing this t-shirt. But I promise some brothers and sisters to put it on while I'm delivering this Jum'ah. Brothers and sisters, I come to you today not only as an Imam, but as a father. As a human being. Someone who is concerned about human dignity and honor. Someone who is concerned about human rights. And I come to you also angry and frustrated. And I know that in Islam, in our religion, anger is a blameworthy quality. But not all types of anger. Only the destructive anger. But there is something called the righteous anger. When you look around you, when you see all this injustice that's taking place in this country, you see all this indiscriminate random killing, the people who die for no reason, And our religion, the religion of Islam, taught us to stand up for justice, to speak the truth and nothing but the truth. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, Ya ayyuhalladzina amanu kunu qawwamina bilqisti shuhada shuhada alillah Ya ayyuhalladzina amanu kunu qawwamina bilqisti shuhada alillahi walau ala anfusikum awilwalidayni walakorabina Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, O believers, stand out firmly for justice. Stand out firmly for justice even if it's against your own self. Even against your own self, against your parents, and against your kin, family members. This is, brothers and sisters, one of the most beautiful examples of justice. It's an incredible verse. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, give the correct testimony. And it doesn't really matter if it will harm you as a consequence. Don't compromise for your sake and the sake of your parents or the sake of your family members. Don't. As a matter of fact, this, this ayah, and you can check that online. It's written in a wall of the, the library of the School of Law at Harvard University. This is one of the most beautiful examples of justice. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also said in the Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la yajrimannakum shana'anu qawmin anthalla ta'adinu. O believers, do not let the hatred of others prevent you from being just. A'adinu. He said, be just. This ayah, brothers and sisters, came down when the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in the area of Al-Hudaybiyah after he were prevented, him and the Sahaba were prevented to enter Mecca and perform Umrah. They came across a few people who were coming from the east, idolaters. They were in the Ihram and they wanted to perform Umrah. And some of the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they said, Ya Rasulullah, we should prevent him from going and make Umrah, just like their fellow idolaters preventing us from entering the house of Allah. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, No, do not prevent him. Don't say anything to them. In other words, don't be even with them. Don't treat people the way they treat you. Because some of our brothers and sisters sometimes they... They say, they do this to us. But we don't learn our religion from anybody. We learn our religion from the Messenger of Allah. And we have only one guideline, which is the guideline of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we cannot say they do this to us so we can be even with them. No, it does not exist in our religion. It does not exist. We learn our religion not from them, but from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When they said that to the Messenger of Allah, we should be even with them. We should be treated just like their fellow idolaters uh, treated us. The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, No. And this ayah came down. O oh, believers, do not, do not allow the hatred that you have for some people to prevent you from being just. Be just. Be just. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Rawaha, when the Prophet sent him to the people of Khaybar to collect the zakat, they offered him some bribe to just go easy in them. And he said, Wallahi, I've come to you from the best of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. And my love for him and my hatred for you will not prevent me from being just with you. You know what was the response? They said, this justice, this justice is the basis upon which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the heaven and the earth. So our religion encourages us to be just. And to listen to all parties when there's a problem. You have to listen to all parties. When Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa when he sent Ali ibn Abi Talib to Yemen, and Ali was young and he said, Ya Rasulullah, you're sending me there to be their judge and well, I'm young and, and I don't know, I don't have knowledge about the duties of, of, of a judge. And the Prophet said, Allah is with you, Allah will support you, He will guide your heart, He will keep your tongue true. But remember one thing, 
When two people come to you, complaining to you, listen to both, both of them so that she can get a clear idea of the best decision. And he was Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib, he was the most educated person about qada, aqdan nas, as Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab said. So we have to be just, and we have to speak the truth, and nothing but the truth. Rib'i ibn Amir, radiallahu anhu, when he went to the Persian commander, the Persian commander, he, Rustum, he said, well, I brought you here. He said, Allah send us here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought us here to lead whom he wills. To lead whom he wills from the worship of man to the worship of Allah alone. From the narrowness and the oppression of this life to the space and the abundance of the hereafter. From the injustice and the oppressions of some religions to the justice of Islam. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us that Al-Muqsatina ala manabira min noor. And if you are fair and just, this is a hadith that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, if you are fair and just, you will be in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the last day upon pulpit of light. This is what motivates us brothers and sisters to talk about justice, to speak about the truth, to condemn discrimination and racism. But before we condemn anything, we have to look inside ourselves first. We have to ask ourselves first, do we discriminate one another? Are we being racist to one another? Are we being unjust to one another? Because if you are unjust, you cannot really condemn injustice. If you're not fair to your, to your brothers and your sisters. If you're a violent person, you cannot condemn violence. If you discriminate people or you're being racist with people, you cannot condemn racism and violence. You can't. It just doesn't make any sense. And the Messenger of Allah he was the first one in the history to remove racism because racism was deeply rooted in the society in Mecca during that time. And the Messenger of Allah dealt with it. He dealt with it. The Messenger of Allah said, كُلُّكُمْ لِآدَمَ وَآدَمَ مِنْ تُرَابَ you all are from Adam, and Adam is from dust. You know, my uncle back home, he have a tree for the whole family, and I know since I grow up that I go back to the Prophet Shaiba And my forefathers from my father's side were Jewish. And one of them said, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And I used to brag when I was a teenager, I used to brag about this, that I'm from the offsprings of a Prophet. And then I said to myself, Wallahi, nothing will benefit you. Nothing will benefit you. Nuh alayhi salam, he said, Qala Rabbi innabini min ahli. Oh my Lord, this is my son. He said, no, he's not. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, no, he's not. Nothing will benefit you. Even if you are a son of the Prophet Ibrahim or the son of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the beloved of Allah. Nothing will benefit you if you're not righteous. 
Nothing will benefit you if you're not a pious person. If you don't follow the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and abide His prohibition, nothing will benefit you. Nothing will benefit you. And then they thought about it. Aren't we all from the same sort? Aren't we all from Adam? He is the father of humanity. So we all children of a prophet, of the first prophet that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put on earth. So the Prophet ﷺ was the first one to deal with racism in history. As a matter of fact, the Prophet ﷺ was the first one to articulate the principles, the principles of human rights and dignity. And he said, no Arab has a merit over an Arab, nor a non-Arab over an Arab, nor a black person over a white person, nor a white person over a black person. The Prophet ﷺ was the first to articulate the, 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 the principles of equality between man and woman. So we have to look at ourselves first before we condemn anybody or we condemn anything. And ask ourselves these real questions because we do have something like that in our Muslim community. Maybe, and I told that to people before, it's not racism because racism does not have a place in Islam. It does not have a place amongst Muslims. Maybe nationalism. And you can see that. You can see that, I, I, wallahi, you can see that after the Jummah. Just after you finish, you stand up and go outside and see the groups. Who's sitting and who's standing with one another speaking. You see the Egyptian together, the Syrian together, the Jordanian together, the Turkish together, the, the, the convert together. Nationalism, and this is a flaw, and we should remove it as well from our communities, because the Prophet ﷺ said, He said ﷺ, He's not from me, the one who fights for nationalism. He's not of me. So this is something that we need to reflect in ourselves. We see and hear things. Wallahi, sometimes I was once invited to, to a place, to somewhere. And then I saw a sign in the door. It says, no, no women, no kids, no dogs are allowed. And I said, what is this? They're not allowed in a masjid. No women, no kids, no dogs are allowed in a masjid. Except, well, the first thing that hit me was, what is the common element here between the three? And I refused to enter this masjid and I stayed outside for the people, with, the people who invited me to speak that night. We sat outside for 30 minutes to go and talk to the board members to remove that sign. And they removed the sign. So we do have problems in our communities. We do. We have to admit it. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger of Allah said, if you really want a God and change the world, you have to start with yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror. Change yourself first before you go out and claim anything. How often do we see sisters who, who reach the age of 40 and are not married? They're still single. And they are still singles, not because they don't get proposals. No, they get many of them. But because their parents don't want to give them to so-and-so. Because he's from a different culture. From a different background. Wallahi, uqsim billah, I swear. Wallahi, wallahi, I'm not making this up. 
One lie, I'm not making this up. Some people, they want a husband from the same exact tribe. From the same exact And I had a friend who came to me one time and he said, my parents told me I have to marry somebody from the same tribe. And there's only one person left. I said, good luck with that. <laughs> only one person left. So you have no choice. But really, how often do we see sisters like that? This is injustice. This is jahiliyyah and has to stop. It has to stop. Sa'ad al-Aslami who came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was a black man who came to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And listen to this. He said, Ya Rasulullah, will I also enter Jannah? Will I also enter Jannah? And the Messenger of Allah said, of course you will enter Jannah because Jannah is for the believers. And if you're a believer, you will enter Jannah. And then he said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm regarded as low in this community. Why no one wants to give me his daughter to marry? And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, go to Ibn Wahb. And Ibn Wahb was one of the richest men in town. He recently became Muslim and he has a daughter known for her beauty. And Rasulullah ﷺ sent Sa'ad to him. And he said, go and ask him and request his daughter's hand for marriage. And told him that the Prophet ﷺ sent me. The man went there, he knocked in the door, and the man came out and he said, Rasulullah sent me to you to request your daughter's hand for marriage. The response was, you and me. Don't you know who I am? I'm one of the most noble people here. And one of the richest people in town. And he asked him to leave immediately. But the daughter heard. And she said to Sa'd, wait. And she told her father, where will we be if we, if we turn away a request of the Messenger of Allah? And she said to Sa'd, yes Sa'd, go back to the Messenger of Allah and tell him I agree to marry you. So the man was so happy after her father broke his heart, he went to the Prophet ﷺ and told him what happened. And Rasulullah ﷺ said, I need 400 dinar as a mahar for this woman. And then he said, Ya Rasulullah, I've never owned, I've never seen 400 dinar. And then he said, go to Ali and Uthman and Abdul Rahman, request 200 from each. He went and they gave him the money and Rasulullah said to him, go to the market and buy some, some gifts for your beautiful wife. He went to the market but he heard somebody saying, Hayya ala jihad. He heard the announcer saying that, come fight with the messenger of Allah. Again, it's just to fight him. And then he said, Ya Allah, I will buy something more pleasing to you, more pleasing to you with the money. So he went and he bought a sword and a horse. And he went and followed the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the battle and he covered his face. Because he was, he, he didn't want the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to see him. Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam will send him back. Because he just got married. So he covered his face and he went to the battlefield. And the Sahaba was saying, who is this man? And Ali ibn Abi Talib said, leave him alone. He came here to for the cause of Allah. Leave him alone. And then he, they said that his, his horse was struck and he fell off the horse. And then Rasulullah saw him. And he said, Sa'ad. The Prophet he said, Sa'ad. Is that you? He 
He said, yes. My, my father and mother be sacrificed for you, O messenger of Allah. But the Prophet ﷺ, when he saw him, he said, Sa'ad, there is no other abode for you but Jannah. There is no other abode for you but Jannah. This is someone who was worried about his status in the society, in the community. He was regarded as low in the community. But see his status now with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When he heard his words, he entered the battlefield. And he was killed. And the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he ran to him and he put his head on his thighs. And he's, he cried and he smiled and he turned away. And Ibn al-Munzir, another sahabi came and he asked Rasulullah, Ya Rasulullah, why did you do that? We saw you crying, smiling and he turned away. He said, I cried because of the death of my friend, or my companion, Sa'ad. And I smiled because I saw his status with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I saw how he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, raised him in paradise. And he turned away. I turned away when I saw his beautiful wife in Jannah running towards him with so much eagerness that her, her legs were exposed and they turned away. And he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, take the sword and take the horse and send it to his wife and tell her, this is your, your inheritance. So brothers, this is, we have to reflect upon ourselves first and look within our Muslim communities if we actually suffering from nationalism, if it's not racism. And as they said, I might be wrong, but I don't believe we do have racism in our communities because it does not exist in Islam. Nationalism is a flaw. And again, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Laysa minni, he's not, he's not one of us. He's not one of us, the one who goes around and, and fight for nationalism. The Egyptians only worry about, you know, their Egyptians' problem. The Jordanian, the Syrian, they worry also only about what's happening in Syria. The Kashmiris, they only worried about, the, seriously, how many of you made dua for the Muslims who are in Sierra Leone, in Guinea, who die every day? We haven't heard anything talking about, anybody talking about the Ebola because most of the people who died were Muslims. Were Muslims. So we have to remove this from our communities before we talk about anything else. You know, and all this random killing, all the things that you see on TV, you know, the killing of Mike Brown, the killing of, 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 of Garner, all these things, all these things considered to be signs of the last night. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, there will be tribulations after me. There will come the time when the killer will not know why he is killing. And the killed one will not know why he's being killed. They said, how could that be, O Messenger of Allah? He said, indiscriminate random killing. Indiscriminate random killing. And we are a society that is full of indiscriminate random killing. And it's not only done by, by individuals, but it's done by governments. Governments who go around and say that our, our search for security, our search for security allows us to go out there and kill indiscriminately. This is the principle, but what kind of principle is that? I'd rather be insecure before someone has to die for my security. I'm ready to take my chances. When Mike Brown died, when he was killed and left for four hours in the street, 
The president said every soul has to be respected and this and that and do all these beautiful words. But they have also to reflect about themselves and what they do to others overseas. He has also to respect human lives overseas. When he commissions all these drone attacks that kill innocent people in Afghanistan, in Pakistan, people who never, who never picked up a gun in their whole entire life. People they don't even know anything about America. So he must respect that as well. And brothers and sisters, I'll say this. We shouldn't be outraged when we meet people who fit the same profile as, as those officers who killed Garner in the street. We shouldn't be outraged at them. We should actually want to, to, to guide them, to educate them. To put some mercy in their hearts. To put some humanity in their hearts. So next time when they violently try to arrest someone who is saying, I cannot breathe. They will have a human response to that. And the human response to that, I cannot breathe. If you cannot breathe, I cannot breathe. If I'm harmed, you harm. But if I'm in a well-being state, you should be in a well-being state. Because we are here as brothers and sisters. It doesn't really matter if we're Muslims or not. It doesn't really matter if we're Arabs or not. It doesn't really matter if we're white or not. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, said that Allah does not look to your physical appearance. Allah does not look at your skin color, but He looks at your hearts and what the hearts contain. This is what the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said. So we shouldn't be outraged at these people, but we should teach Him humanity. That we are here to maintain our humanity. But believe me, it's not about police violence. It's broader than that, brothers and sisters. It's an education system that is set up to fail the children of color. It's an education system. It's an education system that its quality is based on the neighborhood where you live. It's a system that does not doesn't want to appreciate you. The lack of opportunities. This is what's happening. It's not just about police violence. But brothers and sisters, and I'm going to finish with this. If we don't see ourselves in each other, if we don't believe that each one of us deserves respect and honor, deserve to, to have some equality when we fail in our children, we fail in our future and our humanity. Al-Jarrah ibn Abdullah was one of the commanders during the time of the Amawi, during the time of Sayyidina Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, one of the righteous caliphs in the history of mankind. Al-Jarrah ibn Abdullah, he sent him a letter, he said, because he was the commander of Khurasan. And he said, Ya Amir al muminin these people are ill-mannered. Nothing really benefit them but assaultu was safe, but the whip and, and, uh, and the sword. So allow me. So allow me. We see countries that the police officers, they don't even carry guns. I think in the UK, they don't carry guns in the street. In Cleveland, they killed 12 years old. 
12 year old because he was holding a toy. They killed him. They killed a 12 year old boy and when he was asked, he said, well, I thought that he, he looked to me like 24 year old. So he tried to justify it, but he said something even worse. And the guy, they jump over him like a hyenas, trying to get him down. The guy was, was expressing his frustration. The guy was selling cigarettes in the street. Isn't that enough to show you that this man is having problems in his life? Having enough problems? So the, this Al-Jarrah ibn Abdullah, he said to Amir al-Mumin, allow me. He sent him a letter, he said, I'm warning you. And this is a difference. This is a difference between somebody like Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, a true just ruler. He said, I'm warning you. I'm warning you not to be violent with these people, the people of Khurasan. And I'm commanding you to be just and respectful to them. This is a difference between Sayyidina Umar ibn Abdul Aziz radiallahu anhu rahimahullah and others aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah liya. Alhamdulillahi wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Allahumma ja'al hadha al-jum'i jam'an mu'tuma wa tafarukna ja'alihi tafarukna ma'tuma. ولا تجعل فينا ولا حولنا ولا خلفنا شقيا ولا محروما اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا واسرافنا في ذنوبنا وانت تقدمنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and bless your families. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect you and protect your children from the evil of others. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen our faith and the faith of our brothers and sisters who recently embraced Islam. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them strength in their faith because of all the things, all what's happening around us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept this amongst the muttaqeen. Allahumma ameen. Ameen, ameen, ameen. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Wa akhir